Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hello, and welcome to this episode of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. I'm your host, Rebecca Taylor, and today uh, we got to have another lovely um, journalist and uh, podcast host and writer and video presenter from the luxury superyacht sector and uh, travel. Her name's Lucy Gardner. Uh, she's currently based out of Mallorca. Um, we're only a little bit jealous that she gets to call that base home, <laughs> especially after a long winter. Uh, it was great to connect with Lucy and just chat about some of her experiences um, in her roles, um, interviewing some incredible people, being able to travel to some fantastic locations, not just for work, but as she goes into detail, a self-professed travel bug from quite an early age. She has uh, seen her fair share of places around the globe. So you definitely want to keep your notepad handy for some recommendations from Lucy about where um, you can add to your bucket list and where we can tick off now that travel is really, hopefully, we're feeling cautiously optimistic that it's finally, um, you know, not going to be headed backwards anymore and we're, we're only heading forward from now on. So I, I really hope you enjoy this chat with Lucy. Uh, she's about to launch her own podcast with the Islander, which is a magazine that we've um, been featured with as well. So you've probably seen them on our website. Um, so be sure to check that out. Check out her website, Lucy Gardner, uh, for all the latest from her. Uh, she also does stuff with Super Out Radio, which you may have remembered was a guest on our podcast uh, probably about a year ago now. So it was really nice to connect and just have a chat with Lucy and and speak about travel and, and hopefully normal life again soon. So I hope you enjoy this episode and please don't forget to like and subscribe. Right, good morning. So we're here with Lucy Gardner, and Lucy has a number of titles and hats in the industry. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. But thank you so much for joining us this morning for me and this afternoon for you in Mallorca, Lucy. Oh, you're so welcome, Rebecca, and thanks for inviting me on. Yes, I do wear a lot of hats, it's true. <laughs> um, but I think that if we're going to kind of put down what I do mostly for work um, in the yacht industry, I'm a journalist and a broadcaster. Um, and I'm also also brand strategy. So I work alongside um, yachting companies, helping them with branding, helping them with content marketing, and, and generally kind of making sure that their brand gets out there and more people read, buy, etc. So um, yeah, I work with a few different clients and magazines and of course now the Islander podcast as well. So I do keep myself busy. Yes, you definitely do. And we were just speaking before, obviously, we're recording this still in the pandemic. And as a podcast uh, host and interviewer, you know, You've started a lot of podcasts like this. I didn't think I'd still be introducing them like this two years later. Um, but you still have enjoyed a lot of time traveling around Europe. You've been to a lot of the yacht shows and things like that. So do you think um, that sort of helped to bring some normalcy again? I mean, obviously, it's shows like Monaco were canceled the first year. So like being back, has that helped feel like the industry is back to its feet again? Yeah, I think we all really missed the yacht shows in um, 2020. And it was interesting the way that the community... The, the super yacht community, you know, all kind of banded together. It's quite lovely to see that camaraderie, you know, from across the world, companies speaking to each other. I'm sure that you did a lot of um, speaking to companies, doing podcasts and interviews. You know, people definitely wanted to still connect in a really great way. But there's nothing mm -hmm. like seeing colleagues in person. Um, and the first show I went to um, after the pandemic, the, well, the main pandemic, is, is it over? I'm not sure still. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> Which no, wave exactly. it was, yeah. Um, it was with the Palmer, the Palmer Boat Show uh, last year. Um, and that was had been um, 
delayed, but it did eventually go ahead at the end of the spring, at the beginning of June last year. And it was quite incredible, again, to see people face to face. And then, of course, Monaco. And it doesn't look like there's very many more cancellations this year, you know, apart from Dusseldorf, which was a sadness. I just think they had a, a bad timing. But everything else seems to be all guns blazing with Dubai and Miami. Um, I'm not going to those two shows. I am kind of staying mostly in Europe at the moment. Um, but it's always at yeah. the moment, isn't it? Because there's going to be a point at some point soon where it's back <laughs> on long haul travel for everyone. And I know a lot of the industry are already traveling. Yes, I know. But it, it's also interesting, like you were saying, you know, before we started recording, people are kind of in tune with Zoom and everything else now. And it, and it is a great way to connect. You know, maybe if you did have to go to somewhere, it's just that much easier to connect via Skype or Zoom, whatever it is, um, and save the long haul travel for the the big events or whatever it might be. And in some ways, you're right, for us, it's been kind of beneficial. We've been able to flag people down, you know, that would normally be Zooming all around, Zooming in the literal sense of <laughs> flying and not uh, Zoom on, on the computer. So it has been nice, you're right, to reconnect with people in a different way. Yeah, completely. And I think that this industry in particular, uh, you know, it's it's an industry where we all do, you know, there is a worldwide global network we all do know each other and there is there is that personal connection and I think that yachting is an old school industry in that way and I I don't think there's many industries that still retain that element of meeting face to face is an important and building those relationships I think lots of other industries people may never meet their colleagues they'll always just be an email or a zoom call but I think we value that in this industry and and the luxury travel industry in general not just yachting I think that it because it's such an emotive industry you know that unnecessary purchases if you like um yeah but it just means that people who work professionally in the industry kind of really retain that personal um and personal connection with their colleagues which I think is kind of exceptional in lots of ways yeah and it's such a global industry but it also feels very small like when you do actually get all together in in one room or one event or something like that all of a sudden you're all best friends and you've known each other for years or something. I find it very kind of surreal compared to other industries. You're right. People also love to hear the stories of where you've been and what you've done and what you've seen, because there's some incredible experiences, obviously, that you can experience on board or as part of this industry. And for you as well, um, obviously, people can hear your accent. You're from the UK, but now you're in Spain. You're actually in Mallorca. So what what brought you to Spain and, and uh, what like gems can you share with us? Because you, you've moved from the mainland. So I know there's a ton in Barcelona, obviously, but also where you are right now on the island. Um, how are you liking life there? And, and what would you recommend for people to go and see? Oh, my goodness. This, this, that's so much. <laughs> let, me just, let me just break it down a little bit. I mean, um, Spain, first of all, for me, I, I think it's one of the most special um, destinations in the Mediterranean. It's just hugely diverse from the mainland to the islands and the Balearic Islands down to the Canaries. You know, it's actually a huge amount of space, but varied in terms of culture, in terms of um, scenery and the food and wine, of course. It's sort of cornerstone of the culture here. You know, it really is the very heart of the Mediterranean and you never lose sight of that. I think if you're uh, cruising around and if you're lucky enough to go and do that, then there is something exceptional bays and beaches and again just so diverse Mallorca um, being very different to Ibiza to Menorca but you know they're all travelable in one trip it's really kind of an exciting place and and even I've been in this part of the world quite a long time it's still a constant exploration even if you live here and you're Mm -hmm. quite used to it you always kind of find another new beautiful bay a new beautiful 
place you haven't been before. Um, it just is a kind of constant discovery, which really keeps me interested. Um, on a local level, you know, I don't feel like I have to go on holiday yeah. all the time. <laughs> when I live somewhere already that kind of definitely um, merits more discovery. And, and I, as you say, I, I moved from the mainland and, you know, Barcelona and Catalonia in sp- particular in terms of um, cruising is uh, kind of quite undiscovered. But the cost of Brava in between, um, you know, France and, and, and Barcelona is just incredible. You know, amazing scenery, kind of beautiful undiscovered feel feels like they're undiscovered I'm not actually undiscovered but that feeling of kind of discovering something new um, I think it's really really fascinating of course Barcelona full of arch- architecture and amazing restaurants and you know incredible infrastructure for super yachts here uh, in Barcelona and on of course on the islands sort of really open it up for travel um, for all kinds of people and Mallorca has become kind of the luxury travel island in the last few years um, and they're really kind of making sure that they've got everything that you'd want for a holiday at that end of the market, um, as well as lots of fitness stuff. You mentioned cycling, but, you know, there's sports people here and it, it's just a, a really interesting and diverse like client really who comes to Mallorca, a traveller. It's super interesting um, and I love it. And I feel like I'm still discovering too, um, which is great because, you know, knowing that you can drive somewhere in half an hour rather than having yeah. to take a plane. <laughs> kind of attractive <laughs> prospect to go on holiday on the weekend yeah um, I spent about 10 years in the UK and I know the gray skies that you're fleeing <laughs> so I can just imagine the comparison yeah, yeah. I mean and, yeah and, and leaving the UK I mean I'm I come from a, a British family but my uh, my maternal side um, we're Maltese oh, nice. so I've kind of always had a very get the connection yeah, a very Mediterranean yeah, very Mediterranean British upbringing, you know, roast dinners on a Sunday, but olives and lemons, yeah. you know, the rest of the week. It's very, it's, it is that kind of, I'm from London and, I, you know, there's obviously, a, it's a very multicultural and diverse city. Um, so it's not strange to have little enclaves of Maltese people or Italian people. And um, where I grew up, there was a big mix of Italian people, Maltese people, Jewish people. Um, and so, so I never really felt like, a, mm-hmm. I did feel like a Brit, but not one who from a small age kind of saw the saw wanted to travel I think my first holiday I was six months old oh, wow okay um <laughs> yeah and that was to Mallorca actually funnily enough oh wow I'm having a real <laughs> full circle moment this island. um actually I think I, I think I came here in utero my mother found out she was pregnant with me here so I've got like a massive connection oh my gosh it was yeah that's why you were feeling that calling and took the leap to uh finally to be, move but there yeah I feel very small I kind of yeah. knew that I wanted to travel and as soon as I could um, put my stuff in a bag and was sort of grown up enough to travel um, alone without my parents, I did. And I did that a lot before I actually yeah. left the UK. I mean, I was, I'd was i spent six months in throughout the States. I'd been, you know, all over Europe, Greek island hopping. You know, I had a real travel bug from really young. So it wasn't a surprise to anybody that I actually eventually left the country. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just read the other day, I think Spain is one of the top places for expats or something. So... I shouldn't say that because now everyone's going to flock there and your little island. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of expats here on yeah. Mallorca, a huge amount, and not just from the UK, but Germany. Uh, there's a lot of Swedish people here, Dutch people, and actually more and more people from North America. You find quite a lot of Americans um, have found their way to Mallorca and, um, and the Balearics as well. It's not surprising. It couldn't be any more different from the States. 
Yeah. And like you say, it kind of has the balance of everything. It's got the food, the wine, the weather, you know, but it's not like super tropical all year round, you know, and it's got all the infrastructure if you need anything. So it's fantastic. Yeah. And also it's so much cheaper. I think yes. people, you know, I think that's one of the calls, I think, in the Balearic Islands. Yes, Ibiza is expensive in high season. Yes, hotels here are expensive. But when it comes to food, wine and leisure, it's much cheaper. Yeah. And also, you know, for living, it's not it's not like living in New York or London. It's not it's not got those kind of price tags. I think it's very, very attractive for lots of people, especially when they're buying their second homes or, you know, deciding to charter. And this year, actually, interestingly enough, is the first year that there's going to be a direct flight from the States to Mallorca in the summer season. Oh, wow. That's yeah. good to know. Okay. So I think for charter clients, um, I mean, you know, people who weren't necessarily going to fly private or they wanted to come for a longer mm-hmm. trip, it's going to really change. You can, yeah. So it's going to be Newark to, um, to Mallorca um, okay. the whole way through the summer. So we're going to expect an influx um, of North American tourists this summer. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it will be, especially after all the pent up travel and just thinking like, hey, it's a direct flight and I'm all about direct flights now with a little one. <laughs> We're I actually think... doing direct to South Africa from Newark, actually, funny enough. So, oh, how um, lovely. I mean, who yeah. wants to take four flights? No one. I mean, <laughs> no, especially in the pandemic. It's like you want to limit your touch points, you know, and your transfers and your time spent everywhere. So, yeah, I think direct is going to be the way to go for a lot of people. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think when you've got, when you're on a boat and you can be intrepid and take your time, wonderful, but in and out of airports, wearing masks, sort of being, Oh yeah. No, no, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Even if you are flying private or something, you still have all those same restrictions and wait times and, you know, it's not, it's nice when you're on board. Yes. But at the same time, it's still time wasted in transit, I guess. So. And you do kind of want to enjoy the travel part of your, of your vacation, right? It's not, you don't want to have to just part with it. It should be Mm -hmm. part of it. It should be, you know, at least if you can't not, don't stand it, it should be, you know, tolerable. And and you're right in the pandemic with all the restrictions and all the changes. I mean, I feel sorry for travelers. I also feel deeply sorry for yacht crew. I don't know how they've got across the world in the last 24 months. I don't know. And the cleaning that they've had to sustain and everything, you know, it's, it is the ultimate socially distanced vacation. So I think they've been really run ragged with hosting, which is fantastic for the charter industry. But at the same time, yeah, it's got to be everyone needs a very long break. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, you definitely saw in the, in the winter when returning crews arrived to Mallorca for sure. There was a lot of very tired looking really oh absolutely yeah absolutely you could tell who'd been away who'd had a hard charter season because they did look exhausted oh Um, yeah yeah I mean hats off to them actually because I think that that's one of the hardest jobs kind of really overlooked Mm -hmm. um you know I but I think it must be very 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 hard to work yeah I think it shows like the below decks you know make it look like it's just fantastic and tons of money and a party but yeah it's some of the hardest working people round the clock yeah, that the below the deck effect, I think, is a lot to answer for. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, it's made it easier to explain to people what kind of industry super yachting is. Like, they actually can grasp it in a way, I suppose, but uh, not really what we see, I don't think. Um, anyway, um, and you, uh, you've already touched on a little bit that you had the travel bug. So something our listeners love to hear is other places for the bucket list, which I don't know if it's like you, but not being able to travel as much, my list is much longer than it's ever been. Um, Can you share any locations around the globe? Like you said, you've been to Asia and other parts of the world. Are there any places that you really recommend people should check out? 
You know what I really, really love and return to over and over again, um, you know, in the last 20 years is Thailand. I really, really enjoy um, Thailand and, and exploring the islands. I really love Bangkok, even though it's kind of like an assault for the senses. Um, and for me, it's kind of feels like a real departure you know, it's nice sometimes to get out of Europe, how much I love Europe. And I could wax on you lyrically about Spain and Italy and, and the south of France because I love, I love, love, love. But there's something really wonderful, I think, um, about exploring Thailand. And I think now as well with the new infrastructure that they've got for yachting, I'd like to go back um, and do it by boat because you're always, you're always on boats in Thailand, but not on a yacht. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> different. Lots of like, yeah, when I was 21 you know lots of long-tailed taxis and kind of questionable watercraft that probably weren't right. fit to be on the water at all. safety things oh, yeah. God, goodness me I can't even imagine now um jumping on and off of boats like you did when you were much younger but um yeah I really feel like Thailand and you know the peninsulas I've got so much to offer um just in terms of just be- natural beauty and diversity and I just I love the culture um it just feels like a real departure for me. And I I think sometimes that's what it's about, isn't it? When it's like vacation, you just want to go somewhere culturally that's completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and the scenery is completely different. And, you know, the diving, of course, is exceptional in that part of the world. Um, that's true. It's kind of, and it's nice when you find a place like that, that you can go back to and always experience new. So it's not like, oh, I've been here, you know, it's kind of been done but it sounds like every time you go you discover something else or maybe you need something else from that particular vacation and then you can get it um in a diverse place like that yeah I mean so that's why I say and you know Rex I, and I really really love to explore um architecture and art as well when I'm not doing kind of beach and sea things um so Florence for me has been a place I've returned to over and over and over again um, because I just never get bored of all that Renaissance art, never get bored of Italian food. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of pros, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And so, I mean, if people haven't been to Florence in particular, if you're going to pick a, an Italian city to visit that's not one on the water, for me, Florence is just, you know, absolutely stunning. It's just that mix of history, culture, style, architecture. It's got kind of got everything, and it's walkable. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is super important because I just don't, I don't know about you, but like, I just want to get, I want to be out now, outside, not in a car, not in a, yes. you know, you just want as much space as possible, you know, yeah. post, post pandemia, is that a thing? <laughs> oh, I, I like it. I think you've coined a term. <laughs> but I just, you know, I hate all the, the, the vernacular that have come out, you know, like all these new words that I kind know. Of describe things when, yeah. Uh, yeah well and even we can look at it another way too even after you've just traveled in general however you've gotten there non-pandemic you you still want to be out you want the fresh air you want your feet on the ground you want you know to immerse yourself in in everything I I think anyway when you travel um and I I remember the first time I went to Florence somebody said to me um every building is a picture unlike other cities you know you think like oh wow okay here's like one ruin or something whereas Florence it's literally every time you turn a corner it's it's a picture it's a piece of art so um, I love that you mentioned that city because you're right we always get sort of the beach holidays or or water destinations so well it's super super exceptional Florence in exactly all those things you mentioned and also you know it's not that far from the coast you've got Forte de Marmi not there you could still do it you could still do it on a yacht you know you could still have your yachting holiday and take a diversion out to Florence but it is just such an exceptional place um you know the, the history of art it's the birth of renaissance and you just couldn't i love about florence you don't have to go into that you don't have to go to all of the galleries if you don't want to you can just sit in a square yeah drink a glass of True. something what's some wonderful chianti 
and kind of by osmosis kind of just absorb the art I mean it's just such an incredible place there's other cities like that too I mean Barcelona's got um, some of that with its architecture but not quite the same yeah, I feel like I was transported there, picturing myself in the square, drinking something, <laughs> no care in the world. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the other thing is that you can go out of Florence very, very quickly into the countryside. So you get that whole Tuscan experience as well, mm, you know, the olive groves true. and wild rosemary and all of those things. It is very visceral. And yeah. Of course, yeah, the food. Oh my God, have I said the food again? <laughs> That's okay. I think it needs to be repeated. <laughs> but they, I mean, the Italians really do do food like nobody else. And, yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, incredible place to visit. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure people will will be adding that one um, as soon as travel is a little bit more easier. And you also mentioned, you know, with your long experience in this industry, and you, you've been able to interview some fantastic people, you know, video journalism, and also on the podcast. Do you have any favorite experiences that you had over the years, whether it's, you know, on location at a show, or just being able to sit and interview someone very interesting that, you know, maybe you had been looking forward to? Is there any experience like that that you can share with us just to yeah. feel a little bit like we're in your shoes? Yeah, sure. Actually, um, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. It's quite a funny story. Um, my very first assignment that I did for CPOT Radio, uh, which was a couple of years ago, three years ago now, um, and I was sent to go and um, see them at Triton, who, who make luxury submersibles, the, the mm. submarine company, the one that they're, you know, they're, they're in Blue Planet and all those kind of amazing documentaries. And they actually have a, a submersible factory outside of Barcelona in a place called San Cagat, which I thought was fascinating because I had no idea they were building some of these incredible machines just outside Barcelona so for me this was like a big deal um so off I went um to go and visit the factory and of course it is like wow it's in this building they also make um machines that you know do uh that do this the most precision engineering in the whole world so it's fantastic it's not just them there there's people are making bomb disposal stuff and it's just you know if you're a bit of an engineering geek which I didn't know I was before I went on this assignment <laughs> by the way I didn't think I cared at all suddenly yeah. I was fascinated by all these machines anyway they had the the, the Triton limiting factor which is the submarine that goes down to the Mariana Trench right um, and it was in the factory. It's kind of a big deal because this wow. it, it's like a spaceship, right? It goes to the bottom of the sea. It maps the deepest points in the earth. Um, Victor Viscoso, who's this um, really amazing billionaire who loves adventure, had commissioned this amazing machine. It's super exciting. Anyway, their sales and marketing guy said to me, would you like to go and interview somebody who helped build this? inside it and I was like yeah that's a great idea I'd love to do that wow what an opportunity yeah and then I realized I had to climb up scaffolding in the middle <laughs> of a shipyard into are you this... in a skirt or something too, well or... I've, got, I've got no socks on because I didn't think I was going on a boat that day I've got like right like high-heeled shoes it was just completely impractical anyway so off come the shoes and barefoot me is like climbing up the scaffolding in the middle of this <laughs> And then you've got to drop down. Now, the, the, the limiting factory is a very small, it only seats two people. And you have to drop down through the hatch into the machine, whereby the guy that I'm interviewing is, is waiting for me. And I was just absolutely horrified. I don't think I've ever been so nervous. Oh. Jelly-legged, climbing up this scaffolding. Um, anyway, I did manage to do it well with some elegance. <laughs> yeah. I, <didn't> <laughs> I have no doubt it was elegant yeah well oh. I, I like that this is audio and there's no proof at all of me not being elegant doing it but <laughs> true the beauty of podcasts yes but to sit inside that machine you know knowing that it has been 
down to the deepest point in the earth. And now I think it's taken about 60. They've taken 16 different people down there, you know, and they're incredible people who go on these scientific journeys. It's finding new species. Um, you know, it's got titanium arms. It's, you know, it's this incredible pressure hull, all of the things. I think that was my absolute favorite because it was just, yeah. you know, it was for me, it was also a real start to understand that kind of engineering because you, know, you can understand a little bit about yachts and a little bit about super yachts you know because I'm not an engineer but I just start that moment to be absolutely fascinated with kind of deep sea exploration I mean 11,000 meters deepest point on the earth it's absolutely fascinating and to have the yeah. privilege of being able to speak to one of the guys who actually helped design that yeah that was pretty pretty up there on my list yeah that's um, part of history too a little bit eh? like because then you do see it in these shows and you're like hey I've been in that <laughs> no well, big deal <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah but I, I always say to people I've been in it and they're like what in the ocean no it was, it was, <laughs> it was in the shipyard but okay I was yeah. a bit embarrassed a bit but yeah no a really really fascinating day and actually it's um I actually interviewed again recently um for the Islander podcast uh Craig Barnett from Triton um who took me to the factory that day and I was laughing with him about feeling a little bit nervous <laughs> barefoot scaling scaffolding to jump into a submarine yes not my yeah. not wasn't my usual Monday oh for the story yeah <laughs> that's what you gotta get oh that's fantastic and yeah not many people have had that experience so I still think it's pretty up there in in the water or not so yeah, I mean, it's always fun to interview people aboard really beautiful boats as well. And I did a lot of that um, last year, 2021. Um, and I still get wowed by some of, especially the interiors of the bigger boats these days. It's just, they're staggering. I know. And it's just, you know, you think it's not going to get, not any better, but you think like, okay, we've reached the limit of how, what they can do inside and, you know, how they can make a boat feel. And then you'll, you'll go the next year and they've blown that one out of the water and you think, wow, okay. And you're right. Now you probably look at it more of a, even if it's not the engineering of the yacht, just in general, the technicality that would go into that versus just thinking this is pretty, you know, inside or, you know, well decorated and things like that. Yeah, I think actually it's quite interesting. I think there's a tie-in for me anyway as a, as a person, like a visual person with, with Florence and, and, and my kind of love of that uh, Renaissance architecture to really, there is a link for what they're doing with super yachts as well, because, you know, if you think about the Medici, they were commissioning this incredible groundbreaking architecture, um, you know, the richest family in the world. And of course, you know, the world's richest families are now commissioning incredible boats. And not only do they, you know, defy what we expect every single time you know they get bigger yeah. and better and more incredible but they're also full of the most in exquisite interiors and just art and I think yeah for me there's definitely a link between you know the appreciation of that and and what we've got in the super yacht world because like you said it just gets bigger and better every time it's it doesn't stop it doesn't stop wowing me I'm sure there's people in the industry just don't even notice but for me when something's exceptional definitely definitely notice and definitely yeah wanna, definitely want to find out more about the people who designed them for sure hope to do more design interviews this year yeah and it's an interesting connection like you say you know maybe that's something that always drew you to to cities and culture and things like that and now you're seeing it kind of parlay into to yachting so yeah there's little parts of us that have always been there I guess and you can kind of appreciate it in different elements so um that's kind of great that all of your you know favorite things kind of converge <laughs> into well, what you actually get to talk about but I think that's what you should do right you should really like what you're doing I think that's really mm. important I mean I'm very privileged I feel like to really enjoy what I do for work um and I think that having that passion really kind of shows through 
as well. Um, and in this industry, I feel like it's super important that I not only do you have to know your stuff, but you have to love it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you, uh, speaking of, you know, your experience and things like that, let us know where to find you because you have mentioned a few, a few of the podcasts that you host and that you're on. Um, but is there somewhere, you know, on social media, your web, you have a website, if you want to let us know where to find you, that would be great. Yeah, sure. You can find me at lucygardner.com. But in March, um, and well, February and March, you will see uh, me on the Islander podcast. We're just about to launch. Uh, that's going to be a weekly podcast for the Islander magazine where I do something similar to what you're doing I interview people um, <laughs> in the yacht industry and um, yeah the first three episodes of fascinating I speak with um, France Slap at Sun Reef Yachts their CEO um, which is fascinating and uh, Craig Barnett again at Triton Submarines and we're talking about NFTs and the metaverse in yachting so super diverse oh wow yeah. okay yes so <laughs> definitely can find those um, at theislander.net and yeah just anywhere you usually get your podcasts Okay, fantastic. I really appreciate your time, Lucy. I know getting the times right, you know, with different time differences, but uh, it was great to have you on and I'm so thankful we had this chat. Yeah, thank you so much, Rebecca, and happy travels. Thank you very much. And to you, it won't be long before we're all saying that again. Fingers crossed. Thanks for tuning in to See the World Differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming.